right. Hey, it's Eric Goldman. This is the Rock in Chicago show and uh cool episode tonight. So we have Idol Throne with us and there there is everybody here. So um, let's just kind of get started with your, your backstory. So I've known uh, Jake and um, Jason for a little bit. We've done some shows together and bands uh, on shared bills. Um, but tell me about kind of the beginnings of Idol Throne. Um, okay, I'll, I'll kind of start and then Martin can probably fill in the blanks. But uh, yeah, so Minds Horizon obviously is how uh, we know you, Eric, you know, Jake yep. and I at least. Um, yep. And Minds Horizon is still an entity. It's still a thing. But uh, as time went on, our uh, other guitarist, Kyle, kind of, you know, had some life changes. You know, yeah. he had a, had a, a daughter kid. a few years ago. Yeah, yeah and, and really good things, you know, great things. So his uh, kind of, I guess, pursuit of original music has kind of you know slowed down a little bit for the time being while he kind of focused on other things so that being said uh we definitely i know at least i was really hungry to play you know i was hungry to play the shows specifically and i wanted to keep writing because i was just cataloging all these riffs so it was funny it was like i think fall of 2018 I was at a brewery in Griffith, Indiana called New Oberfels, which has awesome beer and food. And I happened to see Martin at another table. And Martin and I have been friends for a really long time, you know, jammed together and we're in the local scene and different bands and stuff. So, you know, we knew each other, but um, I kind of just hadn't talked to them in a while. So I don't know if I approached him or he approached me or whatever. We just kind of said our hellos. Hey, what's going on, man? And we got on the, the topic of, hey, we should jam. You know, and of course you do that whenever you see right. local musicians or friends you haven't seen in a while. Oh, yeah, we should get together. We should jam, whatever. Right. So, you know, we talked about it. He was kind of looking to do something as well. We, again, expressed interest in trying to play shows or do something like that. And, um, you know, night passed, didn't think much of it. It was like a week later, I think Martin hit me up and he's like, hey, I, I got some riffs. Do you want to jam? You know, we we're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I got some riffs too. Like, why, why don't we, you know, get together this weekend or whatever it was. So Martin came over to my place at the time in Griffith, and uh, we started jamming on some different ideas that I had, some different ideas he had. And, you know, before the end of their jam, you know, a couple hours or whatever, we had like the skeletons of two songs. They ended up becoming the songs on the album, uh, The Labyrinth and Sacred Fire. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. You know, we, we did that for a number of weeks, and it seemed like the ideas were really flowing. Martin and I had really good chemistry in terms of writing. Uh, and obviously similar styles in terms of uh, kind of the progressive stuff, but also the guitar centric stuff. And it uh, seemed like we gelled really well with the, the writing. So before we knew it, we had a few songs and then uh, we got our drummer friend, uh, Aaron Grove, who is the drummer in the band, uh, you know, again, friend from kind of the old days and everything. Um, but he uh, came aboard in, I want to say it was like maybe January, or February, 2019. Yeah. And then, that. yeah, we just, we kind of threw, 2019 started uh, or continuing to write more and more songs while we tried to fill out the lineup for the ultimate goal of hitting the stage hard in early 2020 to play as many shows as we could. And obviously that didn't happen. So you you got it. COVID hit it. Um, I'm curious about the direction of the sound. Like um, I know Minds Horizon is more what I would consider. um, You can't really call pro progressive metal straight ahead but like there's a definite like sound with that that's more in that sort of camp of like to me like more of the dream theater kind of stuff a little bit of fate's warning um but you guys got like a much more classic thrash mixed with like progressive power sound where did that direction come from is it something you've been wanting to do or that just kind of came out of the riffs or was that you know just kind of curious about the style um Right. So, um, so Jason and I, like I said, we've known each other for a long time now and we always shared this love of progressive metal. Right. But him and I have also like one of the first conversations him and I ever really had was about how we both love classic thrash metal, Bay area stuff. Yeah. Um, and neoclassical shred, the, the whole shrapnel record school of playing and all that stuff. Okay. So sort of kindred spirits in, in a sense when it came to that. So, um, in the time frame that Jason was talking about in 2018, I was playing in Farwatch. Right. And basically, um, similar to what was going on with Minds Horizon, um, the lineup of Farwatch at the time basically just imploded and left it to where it was just me and Chujo left in the band. So we were like, okay, while I was we were trying to figure this out, Jason and I met up this night and we're like, why don't we try to start a new project in, that 
uses all of these influences we have in common. Right. And that's kind of where it went from. So Jason's more of the threat, like more of the thrash metal influence comes from Jason because um, at the, I play, used to play in a thrash metal band back in the day before I, we did far watch. And I had gotten more into power metal, like the U S power metal thing. Okay. So that influence comes from me more, mostly. Yeah. It's kind of a cool, like mix of styles, you know, like what Martin said there, like, I know for me and all the different bands I've done, like for, for probably close to 10 years, Minds Horizon was kind of my only outlet, you know, and we were obviously doing a lot of downtune stuff. We're playing seven strings and right. downtuning those even. And um, it was very much kind of the focus on the long form and just doing whatever the hell we want. So it was cool. It was very liberating, but that's why you got a lot of 20 minute songs out of that band, which I love. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, I would get my riffs in there as far as kind of the uh, the thrash influence or whatever. But typically we were just kind of doing a different sound, which is cool. You know, that, that's what that band is. But um, I always wanted to do something that really kind of harkened back to that, like Forbidden Testament, you know, and even some of the European bands that kind of pull. Yeah. like Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Halloween. Um, like, mm-hmm. like Paradox. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I wanted to do something like that. And um, Martin, I think, kind of had a similar uh, interest in doing something like that. So, yeah, we, it came together. Linda Styles uh, seemed like it really worked right off the bat. Jake, since you're loud, you're clear, crystal clear, um, like kind of curious to hear like your take on getting involved with the band. I think vocally, it's a really good fit for you, man. Like I remember you doing stuff with Minds Horizon. This seems like kind of more in your, your your wheelhouse, like you have more room with this in, in sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely uh, uh, from all my bands i've been in this is the, the first band where it's more uh how can i say it melodically focused you know yeah. i'm not uh the harsh vocals i come from a yeah a, not just only mind's horizon but like all my other bands have been in the realm of death metal and hardcore right uh, so this this is definitely uh, a complete stray from what i've done before but i love it because it challenges me in a sense of yeah find a way to fit what I want to say lyrically, but it's got to fit melodically instead of more so rhythmically at right. this point. So it it it, it uh, adds another layer a layer to complexity to like writing everything, but uh, keeps you sharp, keeps you on your toes, especially with these two writing the melodies and the riffage. Uh, you don't know what kind of time signatures these guys are <laughs> are uh, uh, burping yeah, out. Yeah, can't, can't completely shed the prog roots, you know. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, these dudes don't know how to do that. But yeah, no, it, it is a challenge. I will say that, but it, it's something yeah. that I want and I love it. I, I wouldn't change it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I did say vocally after listening to some of the stuff earlier, uh, checking it out today. Um, you're, you're killing it, man. Like the, the really high melodic stuff sounds really good. It's coming through. Thank so that, that, that's awesome. I remember like when I was listening to mine's horizon stuff too, like I wanted to hear more of that, but now it's like, here it is. You're, you're all out yep. there with that stuff. So kudos on that. Um, and then um, maybe just kind of dive into kind of the writing process. So I know Martin and Jason, you guys kind of just trade riffs back and forth and are collaborative. Like, how do you um, you put together the concepts for the, the material? Like, um, you, you know, like was this, particularly with this la- this latest release, um, was there like any kind of concept or theme in mind with that? Or is it more of a collection of songs, you know? Um. So I will say to probably to my detriment, I'm always like the concept guy. I, I always ha- have confirmed. these like <laughs> the ideas and it was the same with a lot of One, the mind stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I mean, that's the thing. There's no like overarching concept on a sibling age, um, but it was interesting. We kind of treat each song as like, okay, what's this going to be about? Um, and then try to, I'm a lyric guy, so it's important to me whether I'm writing the lyrics or Martin or Jake or whatever. We're collaborating on them. You like, guys collaborate on that together. It's not yeah. just one person driving that. Okay, yeah. that's yep. cool. Yeah, so it'd be like maybe I have an idea, you know, for like a song, like, hey, this one's about this, and then you know, uh, th- that's kind of what we're trying going forward with a lot of the new stuff. Like, hey, Jake, here's the idea I had in mind when I wrote this song or riff or whatever. Have at it, you know. And then if I have any 
feedback or anything like that. We can kind of talk through different ideas. But uh, yeah, on, on Sibylline Age, it was very much like, okay, cool. You know, Martin wrote the lyrics for The Labyrinth, for example, and Unholy Warrior. And I wrote the lyrics for Raven's Blade and for uh, White Wolf, you know, and those very much like if you dig into the lyrical concept of it, I guess each song kind of tells a story and it's very tied to try to tie the melodies and the music and everything else to that, that theme, I guess. So, okay. And it's just kind of a collection of those tunes then versus like an overarching theme. Right. Then. Yeah. Not on this one anyway, not to right. say that won't happen in the future. I'm sure. Come on, man. Prog if mode. I have, right. if I have my way. Yeah, well, work. I think we, I think we've all done enough concept albums to where we wanted to do a not concept album as the first thing we did. <laughs> oh my God. And- that was the thing I said. No, the last thing I ever am going to do in my entire life is do another double album. Absolutely not. We're hey, still going to do one next it. year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. way. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Six years later and we're still not done with the double Book album. Three. So, right. yeah, I don't want to bite off more than we can chew, you know, and that's another thing, too. I mean, uh, kind of going off what you just said, like we we I won't say we we are writing for shorter songs or trying to make things, quote unquote, accessible. But we certainly were writing with that in mind to where, hey, let's aim for a five, six minute long song. Every song doesn't have to be 10 minutes. You know, we're not going to do an album full of 15 minute songs, which is my way usually. So it's been a really healthy exercise. I'm curious about the editing or like um, sort of calling process with sections and riffs with you guys, though. Um, and this is just a, a trope of being progressive metal and, or having this kind of background where you end up be having longer songs because you're you're more into it. Like, how do you how do you decide like, and eh, this is superfluous or this is kind of meh or filler or versus like, oh, this is all killer, you know? Like, what 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 what? How do you arrive at that? And like, just kind of curious, like if it's a collective process or you know, Martin yells at me. <laughs> i basically i'm just like yeah that, that, that's no, all terrible dude. dude no actually i feel like we've been really lucky Quit um, wanking I'm, off <laughs> i feel yeah. like we've been uh really really lucky on that end honestly because for whatever reason um most of the stuff that's been brought in has been killer so we've we've ended up using it i mean sometimes there'll be a section that doesn't work like actually like the song raven's blade used to have a more extended instrumental section. And then we all kind of decided collectively that it didn't work. So we cut it. Yeah. And in, in past projects, that would have never happened. Right. We yeah. would have been Too like, yeah, this, this has to be in there. This is the prog section. We got to keep this part section. in there for being. <laughs> this is the shiny part, right? Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We wrote this section and uh, I'm glad Martin brought that up. Cause that's a kind of, to me, a symbol of not to, be all like pie in the sky but that for me was a symbol of growth to be able to let a section like that it it was like it was for for me too super weird man we're talking you know it's 11 to 13 and then we're doing stuff in seven and then it's this and it it was cool it definitely had its own flow but why but exactly it didn't it didn't do anything for the song it didn't make the song better so when we nixed it immediately that song became the song became better better. as soon as we did that yeah that's the whole point of it well no that's the thing i think like for me for me you know that's always like the misconception right with the the prog guys like the the misconception is that it's always about like the technicality or the playing and for me it's it's always been about the journey you know i always like to use the the phrase widescreen you know i've always liked any music i make to be that kind of widescreen big experience and i think those types of sections when done right can certainly help do that right but but that's the thing, just like we said a minute ago, you know, it, it for me, that was kind of a sign of like maturity, being able to let that go and saying like, hey, the song doesn't need that. That doesn't add anything. So, yeah, let's just transition. That's course three or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and it's it's fine. And then I think doing that and doing that more often. I think it, it's helped to get those sections in there that are cool and propelled music forward in an interesting way yeah. without it dragging down. Sure the proceedings you know I, I think you touched on a really interesting aspect though that people who aren't as familiar with these genres and how they work together particularly power prog thrash like this this side of metal um it, it, the word is journey like music this 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 kind of music is if it's done well and it's executed well it, it tells a story it takes you on a journey um it puts you in a, a frame of mind um for a while like it, it, it's almost like i mean the analogy of like getting high right 
or in that sense, but like, you know, just, just through the music of like being able to have that experience. And that's like a, a longer duration of time. And, and you have to be somebody who can appreciate that. And like looking, obviously looking for that as a fan, but that's part of the hook of progressive metal is like, you know, you want to be challenged a little bit. You want to be able to go on this journey. And we were talking about this earlier too, before we started our interview, but like to me, really good progressive music tracks, like it's, it's almost like a market marker of time or a measure of time. Like if you're driving to a certain place and it takes 10, 15 minutes or whatever, um, it, it sounds kind of trite to say that, but um, you feel like at the end, it's like, I'm, I'm done. Like, okay, that was good. You know, um, you can move on and then, you know, maybe it's the next track in the album, or maybe you get out of the car and you go do your grocery shopping or whatever it is. But that there is that aspect of the journey versus, you know, some other types of genres where it's just, you know, three and a half minutes and you're done. And it's just like one emotion or it's rage, it's anger, it's uh, whatever, sadness, I'm lonely, whatever it is. But the, the, the difference with progressive music, I think, is that it's not so much about that one experience as it is sort of a, a collection or a duration of things that you're experiencing in a given amount of time, you know, um, yeah. that's something I, I don't really hear many people talk about. Um, it just never comes out, but that to me is the underlying thing of really good progressive music is it that it does it, you know? Well, it's kind of funny you say that, you know, like I, I'll, I'll do my soapbox thing here for, for one minute, just because I, I think it, it ties into your, you know, your point there, which I totally agree with. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of the, the, you know, criticisms that we received on the album is that it's an hour long and the songs are long. And uh, it, it kind of, you know, again, too, I welcome any constructive criticism, right? I mean, no one's above that. And, and sure. I, I totally get it. You've also reviewed your fair share albums, too. So, you yeah, get it. Right. And, right. And, yeah. and it's interesting to me, though, because, uh, you know, a lot of that when it comes back, it's um, uh, to paraphrase in an age of TikTok. No one's going to listen to an hour long album, you know, and to me, it's like, well, and and we've joked about it quite a bit, like amongst the band or even amongst my friends, um, just because we, we're all music lovers, you know, yeah. um, it's kind of like I, I look at some of my favorite albums and they're an hour long or they're yeah. 50 minutes long or they're, you know what I mean? Or they're right. a concept album or whatever. And I think it's it's kind of a shame, you know, I, I when we were writing this album, obviously we were writing the album for ourselves, but you know, yeah. I'm I'm writing and thinking of the album experience. You know, I want someone to put exactly. that on and, and they hear that intro track right. and and just like you said, they get transported. You know, I want someone mm -hmm. to kind of be in our world for that hour. And then when you hear the the closing strains of the song The Sibylline Age at the end of the, the record, it's like, wow, you know, that where where'd an hour go? You know, because that's how I feel when I really get into yeah. you know, music and bands that really kind of do that for me. So exactly. I think that's the goal. But as you said, and, and I completely agree with, um, you have to be kind of predisposed to that type of experience or that type of music or journey. Uh, yeah. If you're looking for a single or you're looking for that three minute, there's nothing wrong with that. I love plenty of music that is that way. Right. Short but form. For, for me, yeah, what yeah. what's always really resonated are those kind of more journey kind of yeah. bigger pieces.
Yeah, there's absolutely a place in the world for everything, you know, um, and there's an audience out there for it too. Um, but yeah, it, it, at that point about the age of TikTok, where you have, th- was it 30 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever it is now, it gets, gets, every time a new social media platform comes out, it's like smaller and smaller. I, I have people telling me, it's like, oh, you should, you should put like your playthrough videos up on TikTok. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I'm going to get like two bars in and I'm done. Like, yeah, exactly. Yep. I, I guess basically everything is going to be like this, like intense emotional wailing for like three seconds and then next, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And it's just the, the conditioning of people's attention spans, I think is, is kind of what's countering that. Um, but yeah, but there is that whole, the idea of an album, you know, that's a form. This is a 30, a 30 second guitar solo on TikTok is actually a form or singing a, a section of a song or whatever it is. Um, you, you know, there, there's a space for that. And the idea of the album is, is I think it's coming back. I mean, we have vinyl making a huge resurgence again. Um, and I think like that bands have to learn how to use the format because the format back in the day was you would listen to the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. That was that was that you you sat down, you opened up the gatefold, you looked at the, the notes, who who this the lyrics, you got to see all all the, the that tactile experience, putting it on the, the turntable, all that stuff. Even as you transgress that to like flipping the cassette over to okay, now it's on a compact disc. Same kind of thing. It was an experience, but now now it's become pushed further and further and further into like our backgrounds of our lives, you know. Um so I think it's just the people who are really into music, like are, are going to look for it, you know, and the audience is there. It's just, everything is just very like, you have, you have to punt for it now, you know? Um, yeah. So, so, um, so this came out last month, right? August. This was right? July. Yeah. It came July. out mid middle of July. Okay. And then you guys are on uh, Stormspell Records. Um, is it like a distribution label or is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can give you a little bit of background on that because yeah. that was actually a great experience um, cool. overall. So, yeah. so yeah. So the, the owner of Stormspell is named Jordan and I believe he was from Europe and moved to San Diego. So that's okay. where the label is based out of. And, you know, it was, it was kind of cool. Was, uh, we went through kind of the protracted, um, not so much the recording process, I would say, but the mixing and mastering process took us a while because we learned a lot, you know, the recording um, process took a while too. <laughs> so <laughs> we basically started, we started the record. I, I want to say last March. So March of 2021 yeah. is when we went into the okay. studio. And so this wasn't tracks. a COVID album at all. Like you guys started well, writing or you had the material during. So writing? we had, um, Sorry, we're sidebarring here, right? Probably about 75% of the material written before COVID. But okay. um, what did we write during COVID? Unholy Warrior and Last Little Measure? I think all the other songs existed in one form or another before. Yeah, before. yeah, and I think we probably put the finishing touches on uh, the sibling age, you know, once we were able to right. get together and yep. work work through yeah, it. Right. But yeah, the, the majority of those songs were, were pretty much there in one way, shape, or form. And uh, yeah, so basically we had the songs... And we went in and we kind of did the uh, we we did the the I would say the modern traditional recording process, which I well, I guess we can get into. I, I don't want to sidebar sidebar, right? But um, when we finally arrived at the point, <laughs> when we finally arrived at the point where um, you know the album was in hand. Okay. I uh, shopped it out to just some small metal labels, you know, some some distribution labels and some some different labels. Like, hey, here we're this new band. We we have two followers on whatever platform you want to pick we've played exactly one show you know it went well um but here's our album We're really proud of it and uh you know got a few responses back as i kind of expected and uh jordan from Stormspell was just really enthusiastic i could tell he listened to the whole thing he was picking out individual parts and songs that he really liked and you know really seemed like he felt strongly about it so you know we were able to do the uh the you know pressing deal distribution deal so we, oh, wow. we got our copies and he got his copies and um you know it's in distribution sites and stuff around the the world so that's cool you know folks can have access to it did some promo for it and everything else like that but you know it was really cool like i said i i appreciate it because he kind of took a chance on us you know i mean who are we i think it's it's cool to get that opportunity and then to try to make good on it so um, you know, we'll oh, see what, cool. what the future holds with it, but yeah, um, that really just great. I, I don't think that 
whole process. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a really cool experience. I mean, the fact that we got to do physical copies at all, it's pretty cool, but yeah. physical copies with an actual full paid, full booklet and all that. I never expected to do that on a debut album. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Really, really cool. So yeah, he's great. Um, honestly, has a bunch of awesome releases. If you go to his, like his web store and stuff, really cool. Um, kind of focuses on that traditional heavy metal and speed metal and there's some power yeah. metal stuff in there uh, both reissues you know older bands but a lot of newer bands you know things that people i'm sure reach out to him or he finds and hey this is really cool and yeah kind of props the bands up so that's that's really cool to see that's awesome um as far as the production of like the recording and all that stuff you, did you guys like just self-produce this you just went into a studio in your area or just kind of curious like we don't have to get too far into the weeds with this but yeah you know, how did the so, production process work out with that? so i'll I'll let martin kind of uh, talk about what what he did because again like as i said it was a learning process but we wanted okay. the album to be really honest that was the whole thing so okay. we didn't want to do this like slam to the grid real modern type recording Unguised, right yeah, yeah exactly so we went into a studio it was uh the nook uh which is i believe oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Nick did the drums for us. Um, and he also did the vocals and then, um, we did those in the, in studio and then Martin recorded the guitars and we did yep. two, two tracks of me on the left, two tracks of Martin on the right. Okay. I play every riff, every note on the album. Martin plays every riff, every note on the album, just real old school, you know, really trying to match each other. Well, Yeah. we did that with, um, all the modern conveniences. I used my Kemper and he used his, um, axe effects and then we, uh, you know, when we got to our studio day, we DI'd them into, you know, my angle. Right, so reamped them a little bit. Yeah. Yep. yep you got it. And then yeah, all the rhythm of, guitars are uh, super are beefy. Right. Yeah. yeah I was going to yeah. say the, the crunch on the guitars is nice. So I don't want to dwell too much on it because we have a vocalist here. And like, um, so you said it was very honest. And I think that comes through with the vocals. Like, I really like the vocals. I've read some of the reviews where, you know, people were, people are everybody has an opinion right but i i really really like the vocals in this band a lot to be honest with you and i, I like the delivery and the honesty to me really kind of comes through with that so um you know well no, that's I, the end go ahead sorry jake go ahead. no i was just i appreciate that man uh yeah the drive for uh me especially with the sound yeah that we're going for is i didn't want it to be uh I didn't want someone to listen to it and be like, oh, man, this guy's trying to sing like Bruce Dickinson. Right. Oh, man, this guy's trying to be James Hetfield, you know. Yeah. I want him to be, you when they listen, you. hey, that's Jake, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really, uh, really, init I really focused on the sound that uh, I can make my own. So you yeah. saying that really makes yeah. me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. that's kind of the thing, too, like with, with all that. Uh, it, it's interesting. It almost kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, right? It's like, this is the sound of like a band playing. Yeah. Like yeah. we, a lot of the solos we did are, are just first takes and warts and all. If, if it was right. a take that had a cool vibe and maybe right. I missed a note or something, I kept it in there. Same with Jake's performance, you know, very yeah. minimal, um, you know, yeah. pitch you're not, correction. You're not auto-tuning any of that. Right. Which is yeah, refreshing exactly. to hear it, honestly. Right. So, yeah. so that's kind of the thing when, yeah. when folks hear it, I think a lot of the times, you know, and the response has been, you know, positive. It's been great, you know, and, yeah. and we're really appreciative of it. But I think that's the yeah. thing when someone hears it and they're like, they're not used to like, that's what a drum sounds like. Or that's, trigger. What, right. that's what a guitar sounds <laughs> like, or that's what a voice sounds like actually singing a song. But the flip side of that is cool is right. if you come see us live, that's what you get. Right. Because there's no, we didn't play there's anything no that we, we can't play, you know, right. in, in actuality. There's so. no trickery, right? Everything yeah. is really as you play it. That That's yeah. cool. And, and it does. I mean, on the album, it sounds super full. So it doesn't sound like, um, you know, you're, you're adding unnecessary layers to things or like 16 tuple tracking of the rhythm, rhythm guitars, like Carcass, you know, or <laughs> like 10 amps going and all that stuff. And you got three guitar players talking here. So I'm trying not to get too mired into that we could just probably have a separate podcast and just talk about all of jason's amps um <laughs> some other time <laughs> you got about yeah, probably the guitars too we wouldn't have time for that today right uh, yeah. <laughs> people gotta work between tomorrow. me and jason well, that would take hours yeah. right yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah pretty, I, I have no idea what your amp inventory is but it's got to be probably i'm sure it ranks with jason so we, we got like, a lot it, of stuff it, it really doesn't actually i just have my my boogie and my my axe that's about it okay. but that's but it works. It's a solid setup, right? 
Um, oh, that's really cool. Um, Jake, anything else that you want to talk about with making of this album, like from your perspective as the vocalist, like what, what was different maybe from previous projects? Uh, like I said before, the, the first difference is it's a lot more melodic. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, uh, definitely a different uh, sense when you're going in there, different feel, uh, especially in the, this is the first time where I was actually in a full on studio and not just, you know, a basement somewhere, in my right. buddy's basement putting foams, you know, things in a closet. Right. So we could try to do the thing into a mattress. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 But overall it, it was definitely a positive experience. Uh, Nick at the nook was great to work with. Uh, in my opinion, really yeah. gave a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback right away and really would push you. We weren't afraid to, uh, to get any kind of criticism, you know? So like I would sing a part and he would just straight up be like, Hey man, I know you can do that hella better we're, we're, we're running it again i'm not even gonna let you listen to it yeah. kind of thing it really pushed you to get your best performance out and uh I, that really helped and then uh having the guys there too uh it was a lot easier to bounce off ideas uh even just in the studio uh itself there's uh during the crunch time of the album we we're still almost writing songs yeah. uh in the studio I, I vividly remember the last day of recording uh vocals we recorded the last song yeah, and, track. that yeah. was an expensive day. <laughs> what, like nine hours straight, just recording that that whole song, and uh, we're yeah, we basically wrote it in the studio as we're recording it. Vocal, yeah, vocal. literally me and Jason coming out to the vocal booth and yeah. like humming you, melodies, like, like humming melodies at you as you're trying to record the yep. thing. Yep, yep, trying yep. to remember the thing. And then I remember I, I got up, I went to the uh, uh, other side of the studio where Nick was. And I believe Martin and Jason were in there doing some kind of background vocals or something. And I just passed out on the couch in there. <laughs> you were done. Absolutely That's done. That's it, man. Gassed. Yeah. yeah. Well, all and, in all, perfect, uh, great experience, man. Very, very great experience. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was a learning experience for all of us, I think. You know, like Jake was saying, um, he certainly learned a lot. Uh, Martin and I learned a lot with the guitar tracking and you know, just what works and what doesn't and the type of sound I think we really want, you know, that, that's the thing. I, I'm very proud of the sound of Sibylline. I think the, our guy yeah. who mixed it did a phenomenal job. Very, very, um, his name's Lucas Roth. Um, mm -hmm. very it's on it. And, and yeah. yeah, just, just did a really great job, but that's the thing. I'm already thinking like, how do we improve on that? You know, what's the next, right. how, how do we make it be even better for the next release? So it's, it's cool. It's definitely productive and positive. Okay. And I think that's, about us too is like we're always looking to improve we don't yeah. want to stay stagnant you know we we're, we're proud of our product and we love what we did but we can always be better you know and we can always improve always learn from something and we can always make something uh grander i guess in the lack of a better term but uh yeah we're, we're definitely looking to keep on moving forward like that cool 100%. All right. So yeah, Sibylline Age, you can pick that up. That's on your Bandcamp, right? For digital. And then yep. Stormspell Records has your physical copies for people to pick up. Yeah, um, we've got it on our Bandcamp as well. So okay. wherever you get it, as long as you get it. <laughs> From there, right. Yep. Yep. Cool. And then you guys are playing Reggie's um October eleventh with uh opening up for Raven. And then uh my buddies Accuracy are playing with that too. That's a great great pairing for you guys. Uh it's a good bill for you guys to get on. And um, at least our bands are Riot Act. So um, are you guys pretty getting ready to just do a run of shows or is that like kind of your main show for a while? Or what are you, what are your guys' plans like for the fall? Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's currently our, our next show. It's really the only one we've got on the books through the remainder okay. of uh, 2022. Sure. I know, um, you know, obviously we, we all kind of have other projects and things we do. Wraith keeps me very busy on the live front. Yeah, you know, we have right. tons of shows, which is great. You know, and, I, and I, I, love get, it. I get the invites. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's but awesome. um, yeah. I, I'm looking to, you know, continue to build up our live presence as well. We've already got some stuff in the works for next year um, yeah. for Idol Throne. So that's really cool on the, the live front and also even um, the new music front. So that's, oh, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what we're focused yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, we, we really want to play as much as we possibly can because the original intent of starting Idle Throne was to play shows because our projects at the time weren't playing shows, but, but then COVID playing. happened. So we wrote an album instead. Right. But it happens now going forward. Shows are, are the, are the thing they are along with their music. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's amazing too. Uh, just kind of getting back into it. I've just noticed this myself, just getting my own band back out there again. Everybody's playing, and I mean, yep. uh, uh, the touring too has just been like, and it's like a switch just turned on. Like literally, the spring, like everybody's playing, and all of a sudden, like one day, I'm getting like all these freaking show invites, and I'm like, every, it's yeah, bad. it's like, like everyone's everyone's mm-hmm. playing, and then the when you go to a show, again. Yeah. like now, when you go to shows during the week, there's actually people there because. Everybody want to want to go see music again. Yeah, nobody's taking it for granted, and I think the bills are better now too. They're much more intentional, even yeah. like you know, for my own bills too, like that I'm putting together, or I'm jumping on. It's like before, I think it was like sometimes you would just grab whatever you know, or yeah, you know, somebody the, would ask the variety you, shows, right? You know, mix get a, get a mixed bag night, and they're like, okay, yeah, this is fun, yeah. you know. And then the people come for the one band leave when that band gets off the stage. But yeah, now it's a it's a way different vibe, and I think people are really they're they're not taking taking it for granted, and they're there for the whole ride. They want the whole night. They want the experience. And you know, like with Shane at Reggie's, like he's putting together some real bangers. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, big time. Everything is just really really intentional and solid now. So yeah, that was one of the best shows I've ever played or been a part of. Was uh, last month we played. It was us, Traveler, Midnight Dice, and Munition. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And yeah, every that was single an absolutely insane show. It was awesome. Yeah, every person in all those bands was just really a great, you know, great musician, great person, totally yeah. like down for the scene and just, you know, like and the, the people came out and it was awesome. Right. Awesome crowd, you know. It, it was such a fun show. So yeah, cool. I totally agree with you, man. It's great to see that it's back. So all right. Um, yeah, any opportunity I have to play, if I'm not already doing something else, if someone says, Hey, that we got a show offer, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right, cool. Well, guys, I, I wish you all the best of luck with the release and uh, kind of getting back out there again. Uh, so October 11th, Reggie's with Raven, Accuracy, and Riot Act in the Rock Club, which is like just one of the almost yep. awesome stages in the city to play. Uh, so that'll be a, such a killer show. Um, check out Idol Throne on Bandcamp and on Stormspell Records. And then there also will be a guest list curation coming uh, on Spotify with that. And on it'll actually translate to YouTube as well. So people who don't like Spotify can just grab the, the tunes off of YouTube that you select. So uh, Jason, Martin, Jake, thanks so much for chatting with me. Good luck with everything. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Have a good yeah, night, thanks guys. For, thanks for having us yeah, on. Thanks, Eric. All right, we'll Fair see you.
Bro 